Therapeutic Phlebotomy, Season 1, Episode 11. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Season 1, Episode 11 of Revolutionary War Rarities, the podcast from the Sons of the American Revolution. I'm Jim Griffith. And I'm Jim Maples. You know, Jim, medicine has come a long way over the years. The understanding of the human body has advanced significantly. In 1953, the discovery of the DNA structure frequently referred to as the double helix helped the medical community to better understand the basic building block structure of the human body. So, what was the medical situation during the Revolution? How was sickness treated? What were the common medical practices of the day? Well, Jim, before we get into this, I think it makes sense to let the audience know that some of this may be hard to listen to. We're going to scrub what we say to the best of our ability, though. Medical practices during the American Revolution were, in a word, historic. To be honest, very little was known that today would be considered critical to any medical practice. For example... Little was known about germs, which means that little was done to prevent the spread of germs. That's correct. And little was known about anesthetics. The best anesthetic of the day was whiskey. So they would give shots of whiskey to the patient prior to any significant surgery, then place a stick in their mouth, which they would bite as they were put through extremely painful surgeries, which we will not discuss here. Let it just be said that these procedures were exceedingly painful, loud, and bloody. Well, here is a very scary statistic for you. According to a study performed by Dr. Benjamin Rush, who was also a signer of the Declaration of Independence, only 2% of all soldiers died on the battlefield. However, if one was admitted to a hospital, the chances of death rose to 25%. This has been attributed to the fact that the principles of sanitation and hygiene were generally not understood as contributors to disease at that time. Various medical equipment would be shared between patients and water used for rinsing would be reused between patients. Surgical equipment would generally not even be washed between surgeries. Well, it turns out that the principles of sanitation and hygiene were developed during the revolution. In fact, the revolution is credited with the important evolution of this practice within the world of medicine. Dr. Benjamin Rush is largely credited with applying and advancing the practice of sanitation and hygiene. Well, it turns out that there were many more soldiers on both sides that died from illness instead of the bullet. Smallpox, malaria, wound infection, dysentery, and digestive issues were all significant challenges during the American Revolution. And strangely enough, one of the original treatments to cure disease, infection, etc., was therapeutic phlebotomy, also known as bloodletting. This was the practice of bleeding an individual in order to reestablish a balance of the various bodily fluids. This practice was based on the medical theory known as humorism, Bleeding was performed in one of several ways. One way was to place leeches on the body of the patient. Leeches were widely imported by various countries for this specific medical purpose. The second bloodletting method was to strike a vein with a lancet. The physician would then place a heated small glass cup over the vein, and this formed a suction 
that would draw blood out of the individual more quickly? Well, when you study the approaches to medical treatment back in the 1700s, one has to question if those treatments actually killed George Washington. And most people agree that George Washington would have likely been much better off if the doctors had never shown up at Mount Vernon on those fateful days in December 1799. George Washington was bled four times, which resulted in the extraction of approximately 40% of his total amount of blood over a 12-hour period. Okay, it's trivia time. Here we go. Question number one. So bloodletting was only one of the crazy medical procedures of the day. There were others. Got any ideas what those other treatments might be? Well, Jim, I'm no expert on the subject, but I do know that they frequently applied blistering treatments known as counter-irritation, believed to draw out the deadly imbalance from another part of the body. So they would blister a foot or leg and attempt to rebalance the body if a problem existed within your throat. That's correct, and this was done to George Washington in an effort to cure his throat problem. There were also wheat poultices, forced vomiting, and other treatments. Question number two, were there any legitimate medicines of the day? Well, Jim, in fact, there were. One accepted solution, which has proven to be a good treatment, was that for malaria with shinkana bark. This bark was very effective at treating fever. Okay, question number three. Do you know what two significant diseases George Washington suffered from as a young adult? Well, he suffered from smallpox at 19 years of age, and he also suffered from malaria as a young adult. Question number four. We know that John and Abigail Adams' daughter died from cancer, but do you know the name of the doctor who recommended the mastectomy and the name of the doctor who performed that surgery? Jim, that would be Dr. Benjamin Rush, a signer of the Declaration of Independence who recommended the surgery. Dr. John Warren, a Revolutionary War surgeon and the founder of Harvard Medical School, performed the surgery. And so it goes, without the failures of the medical practices of the Revolutionary War, progress may not have been as rapid in understanding the treatments which have evolved as a result of science. Our forefathers both relied upon and suffered the consequences of the medical practices of that day, but ultimately they endured. They continued to try and do what was right and to learn from their mistakes. No one will debate that there were plenty of mistakes made. But just as the Constitution was created to be amended, the medical practices of that day have also been amended. Those amendments have increased the overall life expectancy from the mid 30s in 1776 to 79.05 years in 2022. Thank goodness, therapeutic phlebotomy has been eliminated from medical practice for the most part. To learn more about medical practices during the Revolutionary Era, we recommend that you read Gene Abrams' book, Revolutionary Medicine, The Founding Fathers and Mothers in Sickness and in Health, available at your local library or wherever books are sold. My name is Jim Griffith. And my name is Jim Maples, and we thank you for joining us today. And please be sure to join us for the next episode of the Revolutionary War Rarities Podcast. This has been a production of the National Society, Sons of the American Revolution, www.sar.org.